Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for pets. Through good times and bad, Trupanion is here for you. The Trupanion policy helps cover the cost of unexpected accidents and illness for your pets. The Trupanion team is still available, even in lockdown, 24-7, to help your pet. They also have a program dedicated to breeders, so you can send your litters home protected. Their breeder support program provides special offers that waive the waiting periods for your buyers. It's absolutely free for you to get started. Just sign up on the link at the website, puredogtalk.com. Don't forget, mention Pure Dog Talk sent you. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and we have a very cool Love the Breeds conversation today. This is a re-record after a nightmare technology failure at the Vishla National. So it counts. We did this conversation at the Vishla National. We're just doing it again. So it was like practice. And I am so incredibly grateful that Melissa Lemke and Ashley Uffman and Kathy Rust have joined me again to talk about this amazing breed and share with people the good, the bad, and the entertaining about these Hungarian versatile bird dogs. So welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Excellent. Kathy, you are the furthest left on my Zoom, so you get to start. (laughs) (laughs) Your 411, ladies, will just go down the line. I've been in Vishla since 1986, and I breed under the kennel name of Kismar. My dogs are known for their versatility. The breed totally has taken over my life and my husband's, and I can't imagine life without them. Excellent. Excellent. Ashley, tell us about you. I have been in the breed since 2003. I breed under the kennel name Zydeco every so often, not often. And this breed has become my family, the dogs, and the people. This is my family. Absolutely true. Melissa. Hello, I'm Melissa Lemke. I've been in Vishla since 2001. There's some right there. Fortunately, it's called Pure Dog Talk, so the dogs sometimes speak too. I read under the kennel name Panacea. It's Greek for universal cure. And so because I'm a pharmacist by nature, I felt that that was a great, great segue and combination of my two loves, pharmacy and the Vishla. And I really feel that the Vishla is my panacea. It is my cure for everything. I love them and I love everything that they can do for them. And they have taken me places and to areas and to people that I never, ever would have met because of them. And it is my understanding, if I remember correctly, you are currently president of the Vishla Club of America, Melissa. I am president. I have been president since 2017. So a few more terms left. I was going to say, you haven't reached the end yet. You are, you're made of stern stuff. Good job. (laughs) She's not going anywhere. (laughs) Nobody will let her leave. Okay. She's a great president for a club. Excellent. Love to hear that. So I would love, I am not going to remember this now, Kathy, I think it was you 
who was going to give us the history, yes. sort of the background. This is a very, very old, old breed on the earth. Correct. The Vishla ancestors are believed to be the dogs of the Magyar tribes who settled in current present-day Hungary more than a thousand years ago. Archaeologists have found drawings of them that depict the Magyar hunter with a dog that very much resembles the current modern-day Vishla. They were owned by nobility and were often prized companions that were very much sought after by many, many, many other countries in the world. And tell us, this dates back how many hundreds to thousands of years? Oh, we're talking way back to like the 1300s. That's what I thought. I thought this was very much one of the really sort of foundational of a lot of what we think of as the continental versal hunting dogs had been around for a very long time. Absolutely. And literally, there were sarcophaguses that were designed that showed a Vishla breed that when you show a picture of that, it looks just like the dogs today. Wow. Very little change. I am very hopeful that you guys are going to be so gracious as to provide me with a photo of something like that to include in the blog post for this recording. Absolutely. And I can get with you after the fact. Excellent. Okay. So they are historically a hunting dog going back seven, 800 years. So Ashley, I'm going to go to you now. Talk to us about them as a hunting dog today. They're an incredibly versatile breed. So we hunt feather, we hunt fur, we can do just about anything with this breed. We hunt waterfowl, you know, ducks, geese, and then also upland birds, quail, chucker, pheasant, those. You know, down here I'm in Texas and we don't get nearly the cold temps that Melissa and Kathy get, but we duck hunt with them all season. Right. They have webbed feet. They love to swim and they're just built for it. And you mentioned when we talked the first time, you mentioned that they really tolerate the weather extremes, the temperature extremes better than I would have expected with that short, short coat. Absolutely. When we're breaking ice to get to the duck blind, I will put them in neoprene just to protect them so that we can hunt a little bit longer. But we also have 100 degree summers and they're ready to go. You know, I keep water that they can get into and we do a little training earlier and a little bit later in the evenings, but incredibly adaptable to different temperatures. Excellent. Absolutely. And being up here in North Dakota, close to the Canadian border, right? they do fine in below zero temps as long as they are moving. Right. You know, they'll go snowshoeing with you. They'll chase the snowmobiles. They'll hunt into January. Again, you might need a little bit of protection, especially on their chests when they're breaking through snow and ice, but they're fine as long as they're moving. Now, if you're not doing activities with them, they're in and out pretty fast. Right, right. They're and under the covers. And I was going to let Melissa take this one because I thought it was just the cutest description about the breed. So these are hardy, athletic dogs. But, Melissa, they are under-the-cover dogs. Oh, yes. Have you heard the term three-dog night? Yes. Originally, the term three-dog night came because they like to burrow underneath the covers. They like to be covered up. And in the past, when it got so cold out that they needed three dogs to keep them warm, they called it a three-dog night. And so... What I love about the Vishla is that they are constantly trying to steal the covers. They get underneath. They want to burrow. 
my house is littered with cave beds and cozy caves because that's where they want to be. Underneath the covers and right on top of you or touching you or something. So they are a furnace. Yes, if you think of the castles way back in 13, 1400s. No heat there. (laughs) No heat. And so literally they helped keep the kids warm under the covers. Mm -hmm. And then they went out and hunted. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So moving to today, besides that they like to burrow under the covers, so you need to be good with your dog being up close and personal with all of you. Talk to us. Let's go, Kathy, first. Talk to us about who makes a great Vishla owner, and then we'll move on to who should maybe have second thoughts about owning a Vishla. A great Vishla owner is the person that wants that dog to be part of their lives every minute of the day. They truly do want to be with you. They're called the Velcro Vishla for a reason, because when you stop and you're sitting in the house, they're touching you, they're sitting in your lap, they're cuddling with you. When you get up to go to the bathroom, they're there to watch you to make sure that everything's fine. (laughs) They haven't been sucked down by the toilet gods. Exactly. They definitely want your people. They're not a dog that they just like, if you only have one and you open up the door to send them out into the yard, they'll turn around and look at you like, aren't you coming with? They want to have that continuous companionship. And again, I think that's due to the fact that they were bred to be very close to their people. Mm -hmm. So A good person is a person that likes to be active, that likes a dog that they can follow them around the house, one that does a variety of activities, that enjoys cuddling as much as the activities. I think they make the best owners. Okay. And I want to twist this one just a little bit. I've been thinking about this particular question, who should have second thoughts. What I'd like to rephrase that to, and maybe Melissa wants to take this one, is The Vishla is bred for a very specific purpose. It has very specific traits. How are some of those traits found to be difficult for some owners? They're part of who they are. We can't change them because that's who they're bred to be. So what is it that we're going to say, so like a herding dog that is going to nip at your heels. So what is it that is essential to the Vishla that you should be aware of before you acquire it and if that's a problem for you? Well, for the most part, they're an active breed, so they need to have some sort of outlet every single day. It doesn't need to be a huge amount every single day, but it does need to be something. They can be a little bit of a guard dog. So, I mean, I heard in the beginning and now they see someone, they can get a little barky. They can be not territorial, more of an alarm. Right. Alert barking. Yeah. They're going to alert you that someone is there. Or a squirrel. Yeah. Right. Anything. (laughs) They're clingy by nature. So because of their velcroness, if you want a dog that is going to be in the same room as you and you want them to go to their corner and while you're watching TV that they're off there doing their own thing and you're all by yourself, that's not going to happen with the Vishla. Maybe an Afghan. <laughs> they are going to be on top of you. They're going to be begging to get on the couch where they're going to be at your feet. They're going to be touching you. So because they want that affection, they are there. Vishlas know no personal space, none whatsoever. None. <laughs> they don't obey personal space. They don't understand what it is. They will take your head and they'll push into you, into your chest. They'll lean on you. They're big lickers for the most part. Okay, you just, we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want that kind of a dog, then the Vishla may not be for you. They're smart. 
They're very smart. And if you don't stimulate them in some way, shape, or form, they will find their own things to do. Right. But mentally too, Melissa, right? It's not just you got to go run at the park. No, they no. got to have a job. Right. So I have a Vishla that gets on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, she does. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> she can open up cabinet doors. She can get into the garbage. They're horrible, horrible counter surfers. Yeah. So we're prone to leaving stuff out on the counters. My dog's coming from a long line of counter surfers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that some of Kathy's foundation stock is responsible for this, Melissa. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Oh um, my God. We have to remember that Vishlas, again, because they like to curl up and burrow, they're very agile. They're a Gumby like sporting breed. They can maneuver and contort themselves very cat like. And so, because of that, they'll try anything once. They have incredible ability to just stand still and leap over the top of something. And, like she says, they're incredibly clever. For example, I had a dog that figured out how to let itself out of one room into a garage through another door into my house and then open up the front door to let everybody out. You know, wiring <laughs> pointers, I always say, are the smartest person in the room. And I think there's a lot to be said for these continental versatile hunting dogs. They were bred mm -hmm. to think independently. They were bred to make decisions on the fly. And it translates into what you're talking about. I had one wire hair pointer dog that would go and open everybody's kennel runs and let them all loose. He purposely flip every single latch with his nose and let everyone run loose in the kennel building. May I tell you, zero of 10, not recommended. <laughs> all right, folks. 2020 has, to put it mildly, presented some challenges for all of us. You know, the good news, our patrons' numbers are still growing almost daily. I truly, truly cannot thank all of you enough for your support. It's been overwhelming. And for those of you who've had to reassess your budgets, please know I totally get it. And I will always be grateful for your belief in this program and the power of great content. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box. To bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. Our patrons make all of this possible. The funds are specifically designated only for overhead. They literally keep the MP3s rolling. Meanwhile, the patrons-only After Dark Facebook Live and Zoom meetings each month truly have been a fabulous success. Conversation, support, laughter, some education, some mentorship, lots of encouragement, and even, randomly, the occasional adult beverage. So click the link at www.puredogtalk.com and become a patron today. Your small contribution helps make a huge voice for purebred dogs. You know, I want to just say, too, that even though they're incredibly smart and we have highlighted that as kind of a negative point, it is also a very positive point. Correct. Because they are also the dogs that when you're hunting will figure out the smartest route to go get the bird after you've shot it or to track something. 
because they are independent thinkers. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to go to Ashley because this is such a perfect segue to Ashley because as hunting dogs, I suspect I'm going to ask, I find that my dogs don't always test perfectly in certain testing environments because they've outsmarted the bird and they haven't done it exactly on a straight line or gone exactly the way the testers think it should be done, Mm -hmm. but they are efficient and they are thorough and they miss very little. Absolutely. You know, and it's very different than a lab where you're doing more of a directional hunting where you're sending them back and they're literally going exactly where you tell them. So much of the Vishla, their hunt and their drive is instinctual. It's not something that we teach them. Right. I do NAVDA as well as field trials and hunt tests. And Mm -hmm. the natural ability test is a very good example. You're taking a baby, baby bird dog, and you're putting them through situations that you really can't teach. Right. You know, can they swim? Can they follow the track of a bird? Can they find a bird and point it? None of those things are really taught. And so they're incredible independent thinkers that want to work with you, not just for you. It's definitely a team when you're out there with a hunting dog like this. Yeah, definitely the Vishla for sure. I think more so than some of the other versatile hunting dogs. I really find the Vishlas to be much more like you guys have talked about personal, like really associated with their people. Wire hairs more than say short hairs, but Vishla is definitely more than wire hairs. They're referred to as a gentleman's hunting dog. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not screaming at 400, 500 yards out. They want to work with you. Right. And that's what makes them so wonderful. (laughs) One of the many reasons. (laughs) One of the many reasons. And I think I would like one of you guys, and this is sort of like speaker's choice, speak to just living with them as companions. Let's say, you know, you're not going to trial them. You're not going to show them. You're just going to have them as dogs. They're a good size a good medium-sized package, mm-hmm. the low grooming necessities. Talk to us about environment. Now, I can't remember, but I want to say one of you guys said that they actually will be okay in like a condo even. that In a high rise, yes. Yeah. Speak to that, Kathy. I have had puppies that have grown up on houseboats that they've lived on for a year and adjusted to that. I've had dogs that have grown up in high-rise apartments on the 25th to 30th floor and have adjusted fine to that. And then also dogs that live on multiple acreage. The thing is, is that Vishlas thrive on variety of activity Mm -hmm. and space. So they will know that if you can let them mentally and physically basically explode and use their energy, that they can adapt to smaller environments. And then hopefully on the weekends, you go for a nice long run in the country, you go out to the lake, you go swimming, but they basically can live in any type of environment as long as they are stimulated both mentally and physically as needed. Amazing. Our first Vishla, we were living in a thousand square foot condo in New Orleans. That's what I thought. I knew one of you guys spoke to this. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's just mind boggling. Let me tell you. Trying to sell our initial breeder on that was mind-boggling as well. I was like, no, really, I will do everything you've asked. But they just couldn't get past the fact that we lived on a second and third floor condo in the middle of the city. And initially, we wanted her as a personal hunting dog. And I ended up putting a dual champion and master hunter on her. So awesome. Because I just fell in love with what this breed is capable of. But, you know, I was working 12-hour shifts. and 
we made it work. One of the great things on those really hot days or for Kathy and them, those really cold days or any kind of puzzle, any mental stimulation or kennel games or things that you can work with them, they just need a job. Yes, I find that to be true every time I talk to anyone in any of our versatile breeds, right? I know it's true for wire hairs, short hairs, vishlas, griffons, spinoni, all of those things. Melissa, talk to us a little bit about any sort of health and longevity and some of those kind of things. What does VCA have? I mean, I just judged your national. I was quite literally blown away by the quality and the condition of your veterans well over 12 years old. I was just flummoxed. It was very impressive. Yeah. Average lifespan of the Vishla is, I would say, around 12 years for the most part. Some of them can live longer, some can live shorter. Issues that we have to look for is cancer, specifically hemangiosarcoma. We're not you know, Vishlas aren't immune to that. We're seeing that in all over the dog population. Right. So, but there are certain lines that may be a little bit more prone to some types of cancers. So that is always there. Epilepsy is and can be a concern in some lines as well. So you just need to be careful and do your research. And even if a breeder tells you that they've never had epilepsy, then they just haven't gone back far enough in their pedigrees because it pretty much is there somewhere. But I think for the most part, breeders do a really, really great job at trying to weed those out and really trying to be aware of what is working behind there. For the VCA, for the Visual Club of America Code of Ethics, what we want breeders to be looking at are hips, thyroid, and eyes. And then we don't really have a strong recommendation or other things, but Elbows is another thing. And then just cardiac issues. So having your cardiac tested, even oscillation is okay and better than an echo, better than nothing. Better than nothing, right? Absolutely. Okay. So I think we're going to close out our conversation on this wonderful breed. And what I'd like each of you to do is give me three words as best you can that absolutely encapsulate what the Vishla is for you. Kathy. I will say that they're adaptable, versatile, and Velcro. Okay. Melissa. Affectionate, affectionate, affectionate. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's true. Okay. No, I was just going to go. Okay. Melissa, you get to give a real answer. Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh, Melissa. Affectionate is definitely one. Biddable. They're extremely, extremely edible and versatile. Yeah. Yep. They've covered so many of them. Biddable and versatile are my first two. And bed partner. There you go. Bed buddy. That's your bed buddy. Always. So I got to ask this because any dog person is going to want to know this answer. Which part of the dog ends up on the pillow? Depends on the time. (laughs) I mean, if they'll gently rest their chin next to you. I'm okay with it. If it's the other end, I'm not so okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, mine move all over the bed all night. So I might have a behind or a back or a head at any given hour. Feet. Feet. Oh, feet. Feet to the forehead is always fun. Yeah. My original wire hair thought it was really funny too. I slept on a couch because I was lazy because I was a teenager, right? And so she would get 
between me and the back of the couch and go whoosh, and push her feet out and I'd wind up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Fire here for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you ladies so much. I really, really appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the second conversation. <laughs> I appreciate your time and your expertise and your passion. So thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. You take care. Thank you. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.